Amen. Take your Bibles tonight. You can be seated, by the way. Take your Bible. Turn to the book of 2 Peter. 2 Peter tonight. And I'm excited to be able to spend a few minutes studying God's Word together. We're going to be in 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 13 through 15. And I'll begin reading. You follow along. 2 Peter 1, 13 through 15. I'm sorry, verse 12. I don't know why I said 13. Verse 12. Wherefore... I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things. Though ye know them and be established in the present truth, yea, I think it meet, as long as I am in this tabernacle, to stir you up by putting you in remembrance, knowing that shortly I must put off this my tabernacle. Even as our Lord Jesus Christ hath showed me, moreover, I will endeavor that ye may be able after my decease to have these things always in remembrance. thought it was interesting. This was the next passage in our study in 2 Peter. It was a verse that Brother Ed showed me on Sunday night. So he got me, gave me a head start. I appreciate that. But uh, it's so important as we look at these verses tonight. Notice three times he reminds us in these four verses to put something in remembrance, to remember something. Jesus had ascended up to heaven about 39 years before this letter, this epistle of 2 Peter was written. And yet in this book, he's dealing with various false teachings and problems that had crept in the church. It was only 39 years from the time that Jesus had walked the earth and already false teachers had crept in people trying to cause problems, people trying to lead their own direction away from the Word of God. And Peter here is reminding the church he wants him to come back to what they had known to be true. He wanted him to beware of those who would try to trap the true child of God with bad teaching. He begins in verse 12 by saying that he would not be negligent to do something. In other words, he would not neglect to do this. This was very important that he do it. He says to put you always in remembrance of these things. I want you to see three things tonight about God's Word. The first one you'll notice here in verse 12 is that Scripture reminds us of God's truth. It reminds us of God's truth. It says to be in remembrance of these things though ye know them, and be established in the present truth. So it's important to be reminded of God's truth. He tells us three different ways this happens in verse 12. The first is that we need God's truth repeated over and over to us. It needs to be repeated over and over again. So it's not that we come to church to hear something new all the time, but rather to be reminded sometimes of what we already know. Now, coming to church may mean we hear something new if it's because we haven't studied that portion of Scripture, or maybe not looked at it from that perspective. So it's okay if there are new things as long as they are in line with Scripture. We don't want to be making up something new that's not found in the Word of God. But often, our time to gather together, especially I think on a Wednesday night, is a time to be reminded about things that we already know. We need to be repeated or hear it repeated over and over. These things need to be emphasized because the pressures of life, the difficulties of a day can lead to forgetfulness. Emotions can rise up. 
things can cause us to pull us from one way to another. That's why even when we have the Lord's table, which we'll do this Sunday morning at the end of the service, uh, Jesus said these words in that passage of Scripture, this do, what? In remembrance of me. And in fact, he says, this do as oft, as oft as you do it, do it in remembrance of me. In other words, you're going to do it over and over and over again. And here we are a couple of thousand years later after the time of Jesus Christ, and we're still doing these things over and over again in remembrance of Him. Walking with God is not always about doing something new. It's often about repeating what we know to be true over and over again. That's why it's called a Christian walk sometimes. It's a day in, day out faithfulness with God. And I would say from my own experience, and I would guess most of you would say the same, that it is harder to live daily faithfully walking with the Lord than it is to have a momentary exciting uh, a, a time with God. You know, you, we have those high points and those are exciting and we look forward to those. And yet those probably don't do near as much good as just a faithful, consistent, repetitive walk with God. God's Word needs to be repeated over and over to us. He says that here, I'm going to put you always in remembrance of these things. So when you hear a message, and I've been guilty of this before, as maybe you have as well. You hear a certain passage of Scripture, they say, turn to this verse or turn to that. Oh yeah, I know where this is going. Well, that may be our response at first. We ought to say, okay, God, what do you need to remind me about tonight? What do I need to remember to do? Because... It's important to be reminded, to have it repeated to us. The second thing we see in verse 12 is that we need to know God's Word. God's Word benefits us. It reminds us of truth as we know it. He says that in that phrase in the middle of verse 12, though ye know them. You already know the truth. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof for correction, for instruction in righteousness. You already know the truth. 1 Corinthians 9 verse 27 says, But I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. To know something means it's, it's in your mind. You know it. The mind, as they say, is a terrible thing to waste. We must learn to control our thoughts if we're going to have right actions. That's why it's important to know the truth. Jesus said that the truth would set you free. But if you don't know it, it can't set you free. That's why the Bible says in Philippians 4 and verse 8, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. And yet how much of our life and our culture, whether it's the news media or whether it's the conversations in the workplace or even the conversations around our dinner table, it's not focused on truth, it's rather focused on the problems and the lies and the issues of the day. We are to think on those things that are true. He said, you know them, though ye know 
them. 1 Corinthians 10.31 says it this way, Whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. See, we need to have God's Word repeated over and over to us, even if we already know it. That's a good thing. Turn over in your Bible, if you will, over to the book of Psalm. Psalms, Psalm 19. This is a very familiar passage of Scripture. The first part of the, of the psalm speaks of God's creation and God's power and all of the things He's done, all of His visible work in this world. The second half of the psalm, beginning in verse 7, speak about the truth of God's Word. Notice as I read some of these verses in Psalm 19, how important it is to know God's Word and what God's Word does for us. He says, the law of the Lord is perfect. What does it do? Converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure. What does it do? Making wise the simple. You want to be wise? Know the Word of God. Want your soul to be converted? Hear God's Word. Notice verse 8. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. Boy, we have things that happen in our lives, don't us? And they get us down and discouraged and frustrated and upset and mad at the world. If we want to rejoice in our heart, look to the Lord. Look to His Word. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. That means gives us visibility, able to see and make good decisions, to be able to open our eyes and understand the problems and the difficulties and the culture and the political situation that we live in. What do we do? What are the answers? They're found right in the Word of God. Verse 9, the fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. I'm so thankful that they're true and we can trust in His Word. In verse 10, more to be desired are they than gold. Boy, most people wouldn't say that, would they? I'd much rather have gold than anything in this book. No, I'd much rather have the truth of God and the truth of His Word than gold. Yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Notice in verse 11, he tells us something else that God's Word does for us. It says, Moreover, by them is thy servant warned. Have you ever met somebody, and maybe you yourself has been in this place at times, you, you didn't want to take a warning. Somebody said, Be careful, watch out. God's Word warns us. Be careful where you go. And in keeping of them, there is great reward. Great reward. Who can understand his errors? Cleanse thou me from secret faults. Keep back thy servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then shall I be upright and I shall be innocent from the great transgression. Verse 14, if you have it in your Bible or if you have it memorized, let's say it together. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. We need to have God's Word repeated over and over to us. And we do that even as we take God's Word. It's not just why I heard a lot of preaching. It's also I open my Bible every day. Early will I seek Thee. Oh God, I am with Thee. I'm in Your Word. I'm spending time learning from You, having it repeated over and over again so that we can know His Word because God's Word can change our lives if we'll obey it, if we'll do it. 
But if you go back to 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 12 still, look at the end of the verse. He says, and be established in the present truth. So God's word as it reminds us of God's truth, it helps us as it's repeated over and over again, helps us to know the truth, and it helps us to be firmly established. Now, we have no idea what Peter was thinking as he penned these words. But do you think Peter had grown a little bit spiritually by the time he wrote this letter from the time he denied Christ three times? Here's Peter, the one who was willing to take out his sword and defend his Lord, and then just a few minutes later is denying him three times. Peter was a man who was not firmly established in what he believed early on in his life. And yet, by the end of his life, here he's saying, I want to stir you up to remembrance. I want you to remember these things so that you can be firmly established. If you remember at the end of John, John 21, Jesus told Peter that he would die for his faith. In fact, Peter is looking forward to this. You'll see this in the next verse as he says, as long as I am in this tabernacle, as long as I have this body, I'm going to keep stirring you up to remembrance. It's as if Peter knew, I don't have long to live and everything I have, all the time, all the effort I have, I want to use it to bring things back to remembrance, help you to know the truth of God's Word. Why? Because it will establish us. Verses 13 and 14 give us the second point tonight, that Scripture refreshes God's people with God's truth. It, it refreshes us. Look at verse 13. Yea, I think it meet. I, I think this is acceptable. I think this is good as long as I am in this tabernacle to stir you up by putting you in remembrance. I like that phrase, to stir you up, to refresh you, to bring you back, to remind you, to wake you up, right? Stir you up. Why? He says in verse 14, knowing that shortly I must put off my, off this my tabernacle. Peter realized that his life was probably short. He didn't have much left to live. To stir you up. He says, even as our Lord Jesus Christ hath showed me. He's referring back to what Jesus told him about his coming death. And then in verse 15, I'm sorry, that's the next point. Getting ahead of myself here. But Scripture refreshes God's people with God's truth. I think it's interesting to notice as it refreshes God's people, it was the best thing for them. Did you see that in verse 13? He says, I think it meet. In other words, this is what's good for you if I stir you up to remembrance. And then I think it's interesting if you notice in verse 14, he knows that he's about to put off his tabernacle. He knows he's about to die. So in a sense, Peter's saying, it's the best thing for you that I stir you up to remembrance of the truth of God's word. And it's the best thing for me. In other words, of all the things he could be doing with his last weeks, months, years, however much time he had left on the earth. He says, the best thing I could do, I, I'm about to give up this life. I know it's coming to the end. In fact, they took Peter captive and they crucified him, tradition says, upside down. Wow. And Peter says, 
all I can do right now, the, the most important thing I can do right now is to stir you up to remembrance, to remind you, to establish you, to bring you back to the truth. It definitely shows us the heart of a man who had walked with God, who had walked with Jesus Christ in physical form on this earth and now had been walking with God, filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, preaching God's truth all around the world. And as he comes to the end of his life, he's, he's writing, he's saying, the, the best thing for you and the best thing for me, the best use of our time is that we would remember the truth and be faithful in it and walk in what God has given us. You know, we often like to read in history of what people said towards the end of their life. Because as people get towards the end of their life, they usually are thinking very soberly and seriously about things. And so their words are very important. There's no time to waste. What they say is what they really want to impart before they're gone. What Peter's saying is, I, I, I'm not long for this world, so know that you need to be established. Remember God's Word. He says, I want to stir you up to remembrance. As I think about this, it's so true as we think about the great commission that the Lord has left us with and how we have a great responsibility and great opportunity to share the truth of Christ with others, to share the glorious message of the gospel that is the power of God unto salvation to the Jew first and also to the Greek. And yet often we find too many other things that are important. Well, I don't have time to do that. It's not important. I don't have time to read my Bible. It's, I have other more important things to do. I have other priorities in my life. I don't have time to serve God. I've got other things going on. Yet God wants us to put Him first. And Peter here at the end of his life saying, the most important thing I can do for you, the most important thing I can do for me is to cause you to remember, to wake you up spiritually, to cause you to be reminded of the truth so that you can stay faithful in it. And then the final thing we see in verse 15 here tonight is that Scripture helps us to remember God's truth. He says, Moreover, I will endeavor that ye may be able, after my decease, so this is after I'm already gone, after I die, to have these things always in remembrance. This was his desire after he was gone, that they would still remember it and carry it on. Peter knew that he would not always be with them. Even though he would be gone, he wanted them to have the truth so that it would remain in them. He understood his job was not to work for himself. He wasn't here to glorify himself. He, he didn't write and say, after I'm gone, I just really want you to remember me. He says, I want you to remember these things. What were these things? That was the truth of God's Word. Often people do all that they can so people will remember them after they're gone. And yet, most people throughout history, nobody remembers them. Why? Because... Truly, we're not the ones that ought to be remembered. We want them to remember God and remember the truth and pass that down. To me, I think it's far more important someday that my great-great-grandchildren know the Lord 
than that they know very much about their great-great-grandfather. Because, honestly, I can go back and look in my family tree and find things out about my great-great-grandfather. Very little bearing on where I'm at today. However, faithfulness, when it's passed down from parents to children and to their children generationally, is a very powerful thing. You might look back one day, and I hope I can look back one day and, and, or look down one day and see my children faithfully serving the Lord and grandchildren faithfully serving the Lord and great-grandchildren say, well, that's, that's a nice thought. That never happens for anybody. But that's a great desire, isn't it? That was Peter's desire. Did everybody stay faithful that Peter wrote to? Of course not. But that was his desire. That was his goal. That's what he was striving towards. That was what really mattered. That's what was important, that they would remember the truth and walk in faithfulness and obedience so that they could pass it on down to the next generation, next generation. Here we have the words of a man who knows that his time is short. He knows, in fact, that he's going to be gone. And he says, even when I'm gone, I still want you to remember and continue in the truth. I think it's a great challenge for us even today, as we are recipients of this truth passed down to us through the generations as God has preserved His holy word for us. But He's preserved it, yes, in written form, but He's also preserved it in the sense that He's passed it down gener generationally to us. Somebody told somebody who told somebody who told somebody who told you. And you can tell somebody and pass it down as well. I'm thankful for just these simple reminders of how important it is to remember God's truth. And remembering here, as you can see through the way he's saying this in the context of the passage, this doesn't mean, well, I can quote a verse. It means I'm remembering it in my mind, but I'm living it out in my life. It's changed me from the inside out. And may we understand that we exist too, not to glorify ourselves, but rather to glorify our Master by passing on His message to men, women, boys, and girls so that more people could know the truth of who Jesus is and they could walk in fellowship with Him. That's why we're here. That's it. Now, we do lots of other things. We, we work jobs to support ourselves so that we can eat and provide housing and things for our family. That's, that's good. The Bible teaches us that we should do that. If you're not, the Bible has some very bad things to say about you if you're not providing for those that you need to provide for. But even in so doing, let's not get so focused on the providing that we forget that we're actually here to help pass down the truth and share the message of Jesus Christ. Because God takes care of us, doesn't He? And if we'll be faithful to Him, then He'll be faithful to us. It doesn't mean stop providing, but it does mean as you provide, make sure you keep the truth and the right priority in your life. Keep God first in everything you do. Father, help us as we consider these simple thoughts tonight. Be reminded of the importance of daily devotions, of walking in truth, of passing the truth on down so that more people can hear the glorious message of Jesus Christ and more people could praise your name and we could live faithfully for you in obedience till Jesus comes. For it's in His name I pray, amen.